Dobrý den, vítáju vás všech na rádio Peredaču Náš Holos Radio Krinského Koríňa na chvíli CHLY 101.7 FM u místí Nenajmo. S vámi Oksana Pobereznik i já Pavina. Stay tuned next for Náš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nenajmo. Your host from 11 till 12 will be Oksana Pobereznik in Ukrainian. Then from 12 to 12.30, join me, Pavlina, for a bilingual presentation. У сьогоднішній передачі поговоримо про вибори до парламенту Британської Колумбії. У нас понеділок відбулася цікава зустріч з кандидатами від трьох партій. І цю зустріч організувала Наталя Яцкевич, президент Конгресу українців у Канаді у Британській Колумбії. Вона запросила Джона Тімса від партії Зелених, Алекса Ріда від лібералів і Брюса Ралстона від НДП. Ця зустріч відбулася на платформі Zoom. Усі бажаючі могли наперед задати запитання і також могли послухати. А хто не зміг побувати у Фейсбуці зараз, я запропоную вам послухати зараз. Питання, які обговорювались, стосувалися нашої общини і взагалі мультикультуралізму, також мистецтва, освіти і підтримки новоприбулих. Отже, давайте послухаємо всі разом і бажаю вам вдалих виборів. Hi everyone, my name is Jonah Timms. I'm the BC Greens candidate for the writing of Fraser Nicola and I'm here representing the Green Party and Sonia Firstenow tonight. Uh, I live in Lillooet, uh, a small town near Kamloops, years ago. I'm very excited to be here tonight to answer some of your questions. Uh, I've lived in small towns for most of my life. My dad was a single parent uh, who raised three boys on a tight budget. And as a Green, I know that previous governments have sought to pursue deregulation and small governments with minimal funding going towards social help arts, and culture. And too frequently, that is at the expense of social equity and the interests of future generations and newcomers. Green policy is based on meeting the 21st century needs of everyone living in British Columbia for healthy, safe, and prosperous lives by ensuring that our ability to adapt and flourish. I know that in order to build and sustain a good standard of living, our economy and workforce must be diversified, more self-sufficient, and better equipped to provide meaningful employment for everyone. We must add value to our resources, reduce the use of fossil fuels, and ensure a livable income for everyone. We must embrace the creative economy and place greater emphasis on technology development, use, and production. I want our businesses to be able to process the resources that go through our communities and provide well-paying jobs for everyone. The BC Greens are committed to ending fossil fuel subsidies and using those funds to provide social and environmental services that benefit everyone. We need to invest in our children, and the Greens are committed to doing that by incorporating early childhood education into the education system, ensuring that kids get the best chance at a successful life as possible. I and the BC Greens believe that now is not the time to stop investing in the services and infrastructure that we all depend on. BC Greens are known for tackling big issues and working together and across party lines to solve them. And we need to have an honest conversation about ensuring our government is transparent 
and works for everyone in British Columbia. And to do that, we need to have BC Greens at the table. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jonah, for your statement. And the next guest on the floor with his statement is Alex Reed. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much, Natalie. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with everyone tonight and really thank the Ukrainian Canadian Congress for putting this event together. Um, I just want to start by obviously saying thank you to everyone for taking their time to be on the call this evening, uh, to Bruce, to Jonah, and all the other great candidates uh, across the province who are putting their name forward to seek case or Jonah's case election, or in Bruce's case, re-election. Um, you know, we all have the same desire within this province. We all want to see British Columbia continue to be the best place in the world to live. Many, many, many of us have moved here from different parts of the world with a dream and desires, and we want to continue to see British Columbia be representative of what we've all become accustomed to, that it is the jewel in the crown of Canada. It really is, in my opinion, and many people on this call's opinion, by far the best place in the world. And so I'm actually seeking election uh, under the BC Liberal banner and the team of Andrew Wilkinson uh, in the riding of Vancouver Hastings, so in Metro Vancouver. Um, and as everyone on the call knows, this is a time where, you know, we've been going through a terrible, destructive few months. COVID-19 and the pandemic we're facing has really impacted our community in ways beyond which none of us could have imagined at the beginning of this year. And the disruption that's been caused throughout our community has been profound. And everyone I've been speaking to during the course of this election campaign has been very scared about the future, very scared about their small businesses, their livelihoods, their health, their well-being, their education for the next generation. And we as BC Liberals, we're proud to be putting forward a plan that's going to be restoring confidence and rebuilding BC and really creating opportunity for everyone within BC, irrespective of where you come from or who you are. We want this to be a real strong multicultural province, which really respects everybody and helps create opportunity for all. Now, of course, this pandemic will not last forever. At some point, it will come to an end. Um, the sooner, uh, hopefully, the better. But what we're looking for is that next chapter in British Columbia's history. We're looking at, like I said, restoring that balanced budget. We're looking at rebuilding public um, confidence, rebuilding jobs that have been lost, helping save people's businesses. You know, the plan that we put forward under our platform is really built on that fundamental optimism in British Columbia's future. You know, be it the small business economy that we really want to drive forward. You know, a lot of people who move to this country are small business owners. So really looking at how do we inspire people to grow out of this pandemic as opposed to taxing our way out of this pandemic. So, you know, I'm super excited to be putting my name forward as a BC Liberal candidate in Vancouver Hastings. And I'm super excited to be here tonight to uh, talk to everyone on this call. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Alex, for your statement. And our next guest on the floor is Bruce Ralston. Welcome, Bruce. Great. Thanks very much. And thank you to the UCC for hosting this event. Um, it's a bit of a Ukrainian day for me. I voted in the advanced poll, and the poll in Surrey, Wally, one of them, 
was at the Ukrainian Orthodox Cultural Center on 108th Avenue. So uh, uh, that uh, I think that's the theme for today, for sure. Um, I, that's where I learned quite a bit about uh, Ukrainian culture and history. I've been with my wife to uh, Malanka a couple of uh, times, and uh, of course they have an, a week monthly sale of uh, their pierogies, which uh, once in a while I try to grab those. So, uh, But let me say that um, at the outset, I, I have learned a lot from the Ukrainian community. I think significantly, before I talk a little bit more politically, I do want to mention that one of the things I learned about uh, from uh, the Ukrainian community, uh, the diaspora community in uh, Surrey, was uh, was about the Holodomor. And um, uh, I, I, a student of history, I really didn't know very much about the Holodomor. Um, and... Um, uh, Thanks to uh, visits and events at uh, at the cultural center, uh, I did learn about it, and ultimately uh, I did uh, put forward it while I was in opposition uh, two or three. I can't remember. I think three uh, private members' bills to recognize uh, Holodomor, the fourth Saturday of November, as it is in other provinces, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, and of course nationally as well. So, uh, of course, in opposition, uh, that didn't take place. The Liberal government uh, wasn't interested in advancing that legislation. But when we came to power, I partnered with uh, my uh, colleague, uh, Andrew Weaver. His wife is uh, of Ukrainian origin. And so the two of us uh, co-sponsored the bill and we uh, created uh, the Holodomor uh, Memorial Day in British Columbia, which uh, was an occasion for celebration and uh, an achievement of uh, many years of work, I think, on, on certainly on my part. So I was pleased to be able to do that. But let me talk a little bit, just a little bit about the election. Um, uh, I, I, I agree with uh, Alex that people are anxious, they are worried, and there's additional worry and anxiety that's uh, poured up, piled on top of the usual stresses of life in this period of time. Uh, John Horgan and BCNDP, we have a plan to get people through the pandemic. Uh, I think people have recognized that we've done a fairly uh, decent job on the health side, and we want to ensure that the benefits of the economic recovery are shared by everyone, not just uh, a top 1% uh, as uh, the BC Liberals would have it. So um, uh, improving health care uh, and uh, making our uh, health system, public health system, more resilient uh, and better serving people. I think that's the first priority. Uh, building a recovery that's sustainable and shared is, is important. And finally, um, making sure that life is affordable. We can talk, oh, time's up. So, but uh, uh, sorry, I ran out of time. Thank you. Sorry, Bruce, thank you. Oh, no, uh, you're, uh, you're, the, you're, you're the moderator, you, that's your job. <laughs> yeah, I have to do that. <laughs> No, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for your thoughtful uh, opening statements. And now we're going to move into our questions and answers section. And our first question is going to uh, concern newcomers, support for newcomers. And it's going to be asked by Irina Sharoka, our president of UCC Vancouver branch. Welcome, Irina. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Natalia. So, um, Many people in our community have 
emphasize the importance to support uh, young families, including universal early childhood education, uh, support for newcomers and uh, newcomer families, and uh, of course, policies to support flexible um, working arrangements, especially during this uncertain times. So the question to you is, how will your party um, support newcomer and immigrant families in the region? Thank you. Thank you, Irina. And we will answer this question in the following order. We will start with Alex Reed, then Bruce Ralston will follow, and then Jonah Tim. Please, Alex. Cool. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for the question, Irina. Um, it's a question that is really close to my heart. Uh, I, I am uh, uh, an immigrant. I moved to Canada uh, almost 20 years ago now, which has gone by surprisingly quickly. Uh, my wife also moved to uh, Canada from the former Soviet Union uh, five years ago. So we're a family of immigrants. And I remember all too well how hard it is to get settled and established in a new country. Um, you know, there were many times early in the days when I was here where I, I really didn't know how I was going to make it. I, I didn't know how I was going to make rent at the end of every month. And, you know, it was by working hard and the opportunities that being in a great province like BC afforded to me that I was able to get established and, and you know, have the life that I have today. And I have BC to thank for that. I, I don't know if there's many places in the world I could have moved to where I would have been able to have those same experiences. And we're really a community and a province that's driven by immigration. Um, you know, support for newcomers and their families is critical, irrespective of where you're coming from in the world. Um, you know, it's amazing to me to see how many people make BC their home. And many newcomers who come to the province, you know, they, they have a tough time finding employment. Um, so just like me, they become small business owners. They, they, they work hard and they provide for their families. And we have to continue to provide economic opportunities for small business owners that will enable them to get established and support their families and build the kind of life that they dreamed of coming to BC. Um, you know, things like um, our proposal that BC Liberals have put forward to eliminate the small business tax, you know, our reduction in uh, PST, eliminating it in the first year and then reducing it to 3% in the second year. Um, even simple things like conducting a full review of how property taxes are assessed to ensure that small business owners can survive. I've spoken to many, many small business owners in my riding and beyond who have been crushed by the burden of property taxes and just they can't survive and they can't pay their bills anymore. And people move here with this dream. They want to start a new life. They build a business to provide for their family. And they're finding that those tax, the tax dollars are taking away their dreams. So for me, supporting newcomers, supporting new families in BC is really of critical importance because that, that is really what, what BC is built on, is that, that umbrella of people from all over the world coming together, which is a beautiful thing. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for expressing your position on uh, support for newcomers. And our next guest is Bruce Ralston. Welcome, Bruce. Great. Thanks very much. Uh, good question. Obviously, uh, our economy and society are, are based on immigration and the successful uh, integration of uh, new immigrants uh, into, into our society. It's, uh, and so 
one of the challenges that people face is uh, in in integration is uh, is sometimes racism, sometimes uh, an absence of uh, respect for uh, diversity. So I would say that equality, anti-racism, and uh, human rights are are important for the for the BCNDP. Uh, we brought back the Human Rights uh, Commission, which was uh, abolished by the previous government. Uh, we've been strengthened by uh, Ravi Kalon, who's a colleague of mine, uh, MLA for Delta North, did a uh, public consultation on uh, anti-hate and, uh, and uh, anti-racism supports, uh, with, came out with a report, and we've uh, implemented some of those. In terms of integration, um, I was uh, briefly responsible for immigration in the cabinet, although the primary jurisdiction for immigration is a federal one. But uh, part of uh, the challenge in, in integration is uh, credential recognition. We've made uh, some, uh, it's, a, it's a frequent topic among uh, new immigrants who have credentials from often very good, <coughs> solid academic credentials, but um, sometimes the professions here uh, don't recognize those. And it's very frustrating for people to get work that's equivalent to their training, their experience, uh, and uh, it's really a waste of uh, human talent and potential. So uh, working on that, uh, BC's Multiculturalism Act is 25 years old. Um, and while we talk about diversity, it's time to review that act and, uh, and uh, launch a full um, uh, consultation broadly to see in better ways that we can make sure we integrate people into our society. So. Uh, I don't think I've answered all the questions in three minutes, but uh, maybe we can get to the childcare uh, question a little bit later. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you for your remarks on uh, support for newcomers and integration of newcomers. And uh, now the floor is Jonas. Thank you very much. Uh, Sonia, first to know, and the Greens acknowledge, and, and we know that families are under tremendous pressure in BC today. The newcomers and young people raising children today, uh, they juggle long working hours and multiple demands on their time as their household incomes stagnate and housing costs skyrocket across the province. Uh, our plan to support young families is designed to promote the opportunity for parents to achieve a balance that works for them. Uh, parents who choose to return to work will be supported by enhanced access to quality childcare and more flexible work arrangements. And those who choose to stay home with their children will have an income supplement. We'll encourage flexible working options to support people uh, finding a balance in their life. And this means working with businesses, employees, and unions to explore options like four-day work weeks and more telecommunity, uh, even after COVID-19 has passed us. Uh, we need to accelerate the work of building a universal childcare system, and it's been well established that the COVID-19 pandemic has had disproportionate effects on women and newcomers, uh, and that we risk losing all of the gains made in women's labor's forced participation over the last number of decades if we don't start targeted programs that offer support. But it's not just enough to deliver the childcare. Uh, it matters how we build this system. And in our haste to create more childcare spaces, we shouldn't be reinforcing a flawed system that's overly reliant on for-profit providers. So the BC Greens want to incorporate early childhood education into the Ministry of Education, uh, and in doing so, provide opportunities for all children to receive the beginnings of a good education. 
And this has been shown to increase well-being uh, for, for, their, for the rest of their lives, really. Uh, so we want to allocate $300 million into the system to ensure that it receives the adequate funding and the resources that are required to do so. But like I said, we need to improve the flexibility for parents by promoting the opportunity for them to achieve the right balance between work and family time. It's time to move beyond a 20th century approach for working lives and develop supports that recognize the needs of families today. Our economy in British Columbia has been structured to encourage more work, more spending, and more economic growth. But the benefits of the growth aren't being felt by most people. Instead, the wealth is being concentrated at the top, while more people feel like they're working harder and harder, but still falling behind. Ultimately, we need to make sure that our economy benefits everyone. Our plan to support families will give people real options to having a family and working at the same time if they choose to do so. Thank you. Thank you, Jonah. It was very interesting to hear all of your remarks uh, on uh, support for newcomers. I was a newcomer 18 years ago, and I had to struggle with some things like finding quality childcare spaces for my children, uh, like uh, finding a job that would value skills that I developed back home before I came here. Uh, and many of those problems are still here 18 years past, right? So uh, it was interesting to hear your positions on that and uh, I would like to move to our next section and question two is going to be about education and this question is going to be asked by Devon Goldie the president of UCC Victoria branch welcome Devon good evening thank you as we've seen with the start of the most recent school year, COVID has caused many students and parents to worry about their quality of education. What will your party ensure for everyone in the education sector with regards to combating the challenges that COVID has brought to our public education? Thank you, Deva. And this question is going to be answered in a following order. We will start with Bruce Ralston, and then he's going to be followed by Jonah Kim, and then Alex Reed. Okay. Are you ready, Bruce? Please unmute yourself. Thank okay. you. Thanks. Um, so there, there's no doubt that uh, COVID poses a challenge to the education sector, um, but there have been a number of measures that have been taken uh, specifically to deal with COVID and more broadly to begin to repair the damage of 16 years of uh, BC Liberal public education. The, the operating budget of the Ministry of Education has gone up uh, a billion dollars a year. So that's about a 20% increase uh, since uh, 2017, which is a pretty dramatic increase. Um, and the capital budget has increased about uh, from about 400 million to about 800 million um, to begin to catch up with uh, the deficit in uh, school spaces and new schools that was created. But specifically for COVID, one of the challenges for um, districts, and, and they've each been helped by some money from the federal government, but also money from the provincial government, is to uh, devise options for remote learning. In my district of Surrey, the, uh, the district has put in a plan that uh, gives the option to parents of starting with a half day a week and gradually building towards uh, uh, January towards more full-time participation. That's an option for, for parents and for some 
uh, children who uh, are uh, their health is compromised, immunocompromised, or uh, things like that. We've also uh, brought in additional money for PPE, for extra cleaning, for uh, ch changes and improvements to the ventilation system, for staff, uh, for um, uh, learning assistance for teachers uh, and for children who are in the system. So um, that's a, an ongoing project, but I think in my district, um, there has been, uh, it's the biggest public school district in the province, about 70,000 students. I think it's worked reasonably well. We recently had a meeting with the Surrey teachers and obviously uh, there's room to improve, but I think we, we have uh, um, moved that forward. So. It's a challenge that I think we have uh, risen to and met, uh, but we're obviously monitoring and prepared to make further changes if that's required. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. And uh, next on our floor is uh, Jonah Kim. Thank you. And Dobrige uh, Vitra as well, Devin. Thank you. Um, so I believe that the new leader of the Green Party Sonia Fersono said it well uh, when she said, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, with the current return to school the way that it is, the government is trying to fit the 20th century idea of what school is into the 21st century of what school actually is. So I don't have children yet, but I, I certainly do want to have children one day. And I've heard about the struggles from friends who have had to think about the health of their children when thinking about school. And, and I just, I can't imagine what that must feel like. Uh, there should have been two streams for students and teachers. Teachers should have either been providing online or in-person classes, not both, and students should have been attending online or in-person classes. Uh, this dual stream approach would have provided increased safety for both students and teachers and led to better social and physical outcomes for everyone. And this is the education system that the BC Greens would have supported. Thinking into the future, we need to redesign our education system to prepare our children for the future and instill in them a commitment to lifelong learning. For our children to be able to prosper in the world that is taking shape for them, adaptability, perseverance, problem solving, and creativity are some of the most important skills that they're going to learn. 16 years of austerity under the BC Liberals left classroom sizes too large teacher salaries struggling to compete nationally, and school districts struggling to find funding needed to ensure quality education for all students across the province. Some of that essential work means that we need to start with COVID-19. Like I said earlier, we need a school system that provides adaptability for students, teachers, and parents by providing online and in-person classrooms. We need to maintain personal protective equipment funding for schools and support the mental health of our students. And the BC Greens are committed to that by promising $24 million for additional funding for counselor positions in our school systems. Many students go to school hungry, and I would know, I, I was one of them as a, as a child. Fortunately, my school had a nutrition program that provided me with a modest breakfast every day. And this allowed me to concentrate on learning. I, I'm proud to say that the BC Greens would support an additional $25 million for this program to increase its reach to more students. And as a university student, I couldn't have done it without student loans. I needed that help. And the BC Greens recognize that help. And the help that many others need 
by increasing the funding of grants to help students in their studies. While the BC NDP have taken some action around the edges, they've done very little transformative work where it really matters. And I know when the BC Greens understand that this won't be something that we can change overnight, but it is essential that the work starts now. Thank you, Jonah. And Alex Reno, please. Oh, thank you. And uh, thank you, Devin, for the great question. Um, and I think we can all agree uh, for everyone listening on this call that education is critical. It's critical for uh, the development of our future generations and the prosperity of British Columbia. Without a strong, solid investment in education, um, we're not going to be able to have the strong economic recovery and have the skill set required within BC to drive our province forward. And of course, COVID has caused many, many disruptions within our education system over the last several months. But one of the things I've heard from many, many parents um, across the region and from a significant number of teachers is just how much there was frustration around the NDP government's closure of the K-12 school system without a real plan for how you continue that education. Um, parents are overwhelmed and frustrated and scared, like I said earlier. And just to be able to say, you know, you now need to go teach your children at home um, without any real plan or backup or support left a lot of parents deeply frustrated. Um, what we're committed to as the BC Liberals is ensuring that there's a consistent um, options for full-time regular school activity in safe settings during this pandemic, including that uh, hybrid of um, online and in-person um, education in the public school system. Now, what we are going to be doing is working rather than um, leaving it up to school districts to essentially figure things out for themselves. And some school districts have done a phenomenally good job trying to figure things out without direction. We're going to be providing a centralized um, provision for consistent support and unifying support uh, across the province, be that um, parent portals, um, online access for things like report cards, registrations, authorization forms, the basic essentials of you know, the day-to-day -day running of the education system. We're also going to be continuing the investment in the upgrade of K-12 school facilities to ensure that they're all properly equipped for the future of what we're now facing, you know, be it PPE, cleaning equipment, etc. But outside of the K-12 system as well, one of the big announcements that the BC Liberals have made on our platform is the um, continued support for childcare industry. Um, we heard a lot from the NDP about their $10 a day daycare, which really has turned into just a slogan. You know, there were uh, 2,400 spaces promised, and I think it was 3,400 spaces delivered. What we've announced is a $1.1 billion investment into childcare to make sure that we can actually deliver a real true $10 a day daycare platform uh, for families earning up to $65,000 a year. With then families earning up to $125,000 a year being accessible for $20 or $30 a day daycare. So that graduated approach, which really gives true value to parents to invest uh, into uh, their child and their education. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. As, uh, as an 
little bit overwhelmed, that optimistic mother of two, one university and one high school students. I was especially interested in, in your position on education and its prospects and situation during the COVID times. So thank you so much for your answers. And now we're going to move into uh, section three of our election forum. And uh, we're going to talk about arts now. And the question about arts is going to be presented by Peter Bihun, retired teacher and very active member in Ukrainian-Canadian community in British Columbia. And Peter is from Kelowna. Good evening from Kelowna. Uh, as a person who has volunteered many years with community-based Ukrainian dance cultural groups, I have the following question. Most government support for the cultural industry and the performing arts has been focused on professional artists. What is your party's plan to ensure non-professional and community-based arts, cultural, music, and dance groups are eligible for government support during the COVID-19 crisis and perhaps into the future? Thank you, Peter. Arts and dance is a huge part of our culture and our community is interested in your position on supporting arts and culture. And we're going to be answering this question in the following order. We will start with Alexid, Bruce Ralston, and followed by Jonah Kim. Uh, Alex, please. Awesome. Well, thanks, Peter. Oh, I got muted by the host. <laughs> All good. Okay, can you hear me now, Natalie? Yep. Okay, perfect. Uh, so thanks, Peter, for the uh, question. Uh, great to see that you're a strong advocate and supporter of the arts. And I, too, am a, a strong advocate, supporter of the arts, and not just professional organizations, as you alluded to, but the real critical, important, uh, non-professional, um, you know, um, and community-based arts and cultural events that we see all across our great province. And it's that community-based, uh, you know, arts, culture, which is really the lifeblood of, of small community um, organizations. And for the BC Liberals, uh, we're uh, passionate supporters of the arts. And in our election platform, one of the things that we've committed to is ensuring that the $140 million a year community gaming grant program is continued and reinforced and is accessible to the not-for-profit sector without any interruption uh, as a result of the pandemic. Um, I know quite often um, during times of economic crisis, it's the arts which sometimes suffer the most and sometimes get forgotten about. But we've seen the dramatic impact on uh, people's mental health and well-being over the last several months during this pandemic. And now is the time that we really have to focus on that community spirit, community support, um, the arts and culture to make sure that people have uh, some outlets and can continue uh, their, their creative um, desires. Um, one of the things that we're also going to be doing is making sure that it's easier for small non-professional groups to navigate and apply uh, for the community grants program. Um, I know I've been involved in many uh, small community-based organizations, and it's volunteers who really are the lifeblood of those groups. 
And sometimes they find it difficult to navigate the bureaucracy of uh, different layers of government, be it municipal, provincial, federal, and trying to find the different grants that are available to them and then um, understand how to apply for them, how to uh, submit those applications and get the money that they're entitled to to support these great programs that we see in our communities. So absolutely, as we put in our platform for the BC Liberals, um, that Andrew Wilkinson announced uh, recently, you know, continuing that community ga uh, gaming grants program to ensure that our not-for-profit and small community-based organizations are supported, but then also making it easier to navigate and um, apply for those programs. Because it's, uh, it's tough trying to navigate that stuff when you're doing it by yourself without much direction. So, cool. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. And next is Bruce Ralston. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Bruce. There you go. Great. Um, there's a, a famous quote uh, attributed to Winston Churchill, uh, who was asked uh, uh, in the Second World War to cut funding to the arts uh, to in order to support the war effort. And, and his answer was, then, then what are we fighting for? Uh, and I think that really sums up the importance of arts and culture in uh, to uh, to society and to uh, to human existence. Our arts uh, provide solace and poses uh, some of the big uh, existential questions in our lives. And we look to art for comfort, for challenge, uh, and uh, it's it's a really important part of our I think our lives. So, um, but. Maybe to get down to a little bit more policy, they've given me some notes here that uh, I think I'll require just to talk about that. In response to COVID, um, the uh, government has developed a $3 million arts and culture resilience supplement to be administered by the BC Arts Council. We, BC Arts Council and Creative BC are two agencies that fund the arts. Um, uh, arts Council does fund uh, non-professional uh, arts as well. Uh, we've also launched Amplify BC, the province's new music fund. Uh, and in addition, starting in April 2020, the BC Arts Council provided 50% advance on 2021 funding to help operators with their cash flow. So uh, application deadlines are being extended, re reporting requirements are being relaxed, and uh, we're allowing organizations to use funding to cover basics like uh, rent and utilities as they're obviously some of them who rely on revenue uh, decline. So um, it, it is a response, It's a, uh, and uh, uh, if uh, re-elected, we'll uh, continue in that direction of expanding the arts program. I know there's enthusiastic support for the Arts Council and for arts programs generally within the government. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. And uh, Jonah, the floor is yours now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to start off by saying that uh, my, my wife, Christina, is an, uh, is an artist in our community in Lillooet here. And uh, I, I wish that as a child, I was able to, uh, to live in a larger center where I could take part in my heritage by participating in cultural events. Uh, I'm kind of jealous to hear about uh, the Ukrainian Cultural Center and Bruce's writing. Um, that makes me a little bit excited. Um, you know, so the BC Greens understand that cultural institutions are instrumental to having vibrant and diverse communities. Uh, but unfortunately, bef even before COVID-19 happened, uh, the, the NDP cancelled a fund, uh, the Rural Dividend Fund, that many community organizations depend on for funding every year to help support them. Um, they did so to help forestry workers, which 
uh, you know, is admirable. Um, but I, I don't think, and the BC Greens don't think that they should have done so at the demise of our community organizations that depend on that funding. Uh, these cultural places are the heart of the communities that we live in. They bring employment, they bring a vibrancy to our lives, and they contribute immensely to the surrounding neighborhoods, culture and feeling. Um, and with the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately, they are facing uh, some really tough times right now, uh, like never before. And, you know, the simple fact is that the provincial government hasn't quite done enough to address the challenges that uh, these community-based groups are facing. Uh, they don't seem to get the convoluted and delayed grant programs are not as helpful as support paying next month's rent. Um, and the BC Greens plan is, is different. We see the immediate challenges and understand the urgency of the action that is required. Uh, so with our plan, we want to step up with immediate funds to help pay rent this winter, uh, taking some of the stress off of these groups and letting them know that we'll be there with the help that they need when they need it. Uh, simple, straightforward financial support that is deployed urgently to meet the challenges facing us and our community groups this winter. And that is the BC Green Plan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jonah. Uh, not only as a mother of a student and uh, a high school student, but as a mother of Ukrainian dancer, I was very interested in, in hearing from you on your party's positions on arts and culture as well. So thank you so much. Uh, and our fourth section and our last question today is going to concern multiculturalism. And I reserved it for myself. Uh, so I would like to ask you, in shaping our multicultural province, our community values a lot government funding that supports various programs that allow us to celebrate our diverse background and heritage. What is your party's plan for supporting programs that foster development of heritage languages and highlight British Columbia diverse cultural backgrounds? And we'll answer this question in a following order. We will start with Bruce Ralston, then John Akim will follow, and uh, Alex Reed will conclude. Thank you. Bruce, floor is yours. Great. Um, I think there's no doubt that uh, language uh, and cultural are, are inextricably linked, and uh, language is a bearer of, uh, of culture, and the uh, ability to... Uh, to learn uh, the language of one's uh, uh, parents and grandparents uh, provides a substantial connection with one's past and one's own personal identity and enriches your life and uh, enriches our society. So we are, uh, uh, there are heritage languages. Uh, Ukrainian is not one of them that I'm aware of, but I'd be willing to uh, meet with you to discuss the ways in which heritage languages and culture could be celebrated and promoted and, and further heritage languages advanced. Um, uh, that's, uh, we have done uh, uh, work uh, with uh, promoting uh, the revitalization and preservation of indigenous languages. There was a $50 million fund to the First Peoples Cultural Council for 18 First Nations languages. And I think that illustrates the point but, um, about uh, the importance of, uh, of uh, preserving and teaching languages to uh, the next generation. 
But uh, specifically on the question of uh, Ukraine, we'd have to have a discussion uh, if we're re-elected and uh, have that opportunity uh, from granted by the people, then uh, I'd be pleased to discuss it further. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. And uh, now, John Akim. Thank you. Um, yeah, like, like Bruce said, language is, is very important for uh, cultural identity and a personal identity and a connection to uh, yeah, your parents or your ancestors. And that's why it's one of the reasons why I'm, I've been trying to teach myself Ukrainian over the last year. Um, I just found that there's an online app that I can do it with, uh, so I'm trying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard process, for sure. Um, but uh, respect for diversity, uh, participatory democracy, social justice, and nonviolence. Uh, these are four of the six core values that make up the BC Green Party. And, uh, you know, our previous leader of the Green Party, uh, Andrew Weaver, tabled a bill in partnership with Bruce Ralston, uh, for the establishment of an official day of remembrance for the Ukrainian famine and genocide. Um, and, you know, when I, when I learned that I didn't know that he, um, that he had connections back to Ukraine and that, uh, you know, that struck a chord with me uh, when I heard that he was doing that. So thank you for your help with that, uh, Bruce. Um, so while the BC Greens touch on, on supporting BC's diversity and newcomers, uh, that support comes through in, in many of our policies. Uh, we believe that by keeping seniors care local, uh, we can ensure that our elders and seniors remain in their community of choice so that they're able to pass on their knowledge, skills, and languages to our younger generations. By providing more childcare and flexible working hours, we ensure that families remain healthy and able to share and take part in their culture. So the BC Greens are committed to working every day to ensure that the provincial government delivers on its commitment to creating an action plan to work better and more fulsomely with our Indigenous governments on a government-to-government -government basis here in British Columbia. Uh, and we need to work on preserving our wild salmon, our deer, and uh, all the other things that we need to that we need and depend on for our healthy ecosystems here. Uh, so the BC Green Party, I'm happy to say, tabled a bill pushing for the province to recognize the Ukrainian famine and genocide in an effort to ensure that it never happens again anywhere. Uh, I'm proud to be a candidate for the party that worked to make that happen. Uh, and this act highlights the Ukrainian community within British Columbia and Canada, and it brings to the forefront the trouble that our peoples have gone through in the past. So many people make up British Columbia, and the Greens have respect for diversity as one of our core principles. So we will support programs that create strong, vibrant, and resilient and diverse communities throughout BC. Thank you. Thank you, Jonah. And Alex, no. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, Natalie. Um, so one of the things that I'm passionate about and one of the things, obviously, uh, with the BC Liberals that we really believe in is that we really do need to continue to support and celebrate uh, our diverse backgrounds and heritage. Um, like I talked about before, it's one of the things that I find makes British Columbia so unique and such a wonderful part of the world to live in is that diversity of backgrounds and heritage that we all bring to the table. And celebrating and continuing to support those diverse backgrounds and heritage 
is really what makes us who we are and brings us together as a society. And as Bruce talked about, it helps us understand each other and helps us, you know, build a bond and build bridges uh, towards better understanding and stronger communities. So one of the things BC Liberals have committed to in our platform is that we'll be supporting workers within our cultural sectors. It will be per protecting funding for the arts and cultural organizations who have been forced to suspend operations uh, during uh, COVID-19. Um, we want to continue supporting those organizations, funding those organizations, because it's that multiculturalism, that understanding of where each other come from, how we think, who we are, our backgrounds, our different opinions that really make us a, a great community. And it's something uh, within BC that we need to honor, support and celebrate and continue to fund those groups that support that. So thank you for the question, Ali. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Jonah. Thank you, Alex. Uh, it was interesting and wonderful to hear all of your positions on uh, support for newcomers, on education, on arts, on multiculturalism in our uh, province. And now we're going to move into our last section, concluding remarks. So each party, each of you will have two minutes uh, for your concluding remarks. Um, we will go in the following order. So we will start with Jonah this time. Then Jonah is going to be followed by Alex. And then Bruce Ralston will conclude this section. Are you ready, Jonah? Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me here, uh, for having the BC Greens here. Uh, I hope that tonight was informative for everyone listening and watching. Uh, for the last three and a half years, BC has had a, a government that worked together. We talked about what was best for British Columbians, and then it enacted the legislation to make it happen. Uh, and the BC Green Party was instrumental in this unprecedented level of cooperation in government. I want our communities to be resilient. I want people to be able to work in our communities. And, uh, you know, I, I want our communities to be vibrant mosaics that are made up of all the different people who, who live in them. And the BC Greens want to ensure that people who live in British Columbia have the best life possible. Uh, that's why we want to invest in early childhood education. We want to ensure that parents have the flexibility to raise a family and work if they choose to do so. That's why we want to recognize the injustices that have occurred in the past so that they never have to happen again. We want to build back better than before COVID-19. And the way to do that is to ensure that we have Greens from all across the province at the table. The BC Green leader, Sonia Furstenau, said it well when she said, at a time when politics is so divisive, we must remember that this country is built on the foundation of Indigenous culture and multiculturalism. And we have to protect that. So thank you very much to everyone for having me and the Green Party here tonight. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Jonah. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Alex, Alex, are you ready? Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Natalie, and the whole UCC organization. Really a pleasure to be here tonight representing the BC Liberal Party. And what I'll just end by saying is it is really time uh, to restore confidence and rebuild BC. 
Um, after three years of the NDP government, I think people are really feeling the pinch and the pressure of the 23 new and increased taxes that we've seen implemented over the last few years. And, you know, it's time to start rebuilding our economy. Um, you know, people are scared, they're worried, they're fearful for the future. I think the, the next six to 12 months is going to be a very challenging time for this province, which is why this unnecessary snap election has been called at the worst time possible. You know, in the BC Liberals platform, you know, we're calling to put more money in people's pockets with the elimination of PST for a year, which would put an average family an extra $1,700 in their pocket in the first year. And we want to tackle crime and addictions, which have seen skyrocketed over the last few years in our communities. You know, by treating the causes and preventing the harm and doing it in a compassionate way. And we want to save BC drivers um, actual real money by reforming ICBC. Uh, I just renewed my car insurance the other week and my premiums went up by $200. Same car, clean driving license. So I'm unsure where all these talks of uh, coming ICBC savings are. I personally haven't seen that. You know, we want to help support our seniors uh, with the $7,000 a year tax credit uh, that we announced in our platform to help create home support and enable people to live in their homes longer. No one wants to be taken out of their home because they can't afford home support. And we want to inspire growth in our province through things like the elimination of the small business tax. You know, it's time, like we said, to rebuild BC and really start focusing on how we inspire and stimulate growth as opposed to taxing our way out of problems, um, because that's obviously not something that everyday people that I talk to in the street are able to tolerate anymore. The, the nickel and diming and the um, burden of tax has just become too much for people. Uh, and that's why we're passionate about reforming government and getting BC back on the right track. So thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. And now the floor is Bruce Great. Thanks very much. Thanks to UCC for hosting and uh, great to meet uh, Jonah and uh, Alex, if only virtually. Uh, one of the nice things about politics is meeting new people. And unfortunately, with uh, the way in which we do these things, we're not able to meet each other directly. But it is nice to uh, make the acquaintance of new people, even through this uh, medium. Um, I'm going to talk uh, pretty briefly um, uh, we're basically the three things that uh, we're focusing on is uh, is uh, healthcare, better healthcare. Um, uh, for example, uh, a new medical school uh, in uh, Surrey to train more doctors and nurses, uh, and uh, a number of initiatives. We've uh, implemented a system of uh, urgent care centers throughout the province to supplement uh, the, the family doctor system. Many people, eight or eighty or ninety thousand people in British Columbia, don't have a family doctor. Uh, secondly, is to spread the benefits of, uh, of prosperity. Um, BC Liberals have, uh, in the legislature, campaigned against uh, $3 billion worth of taxes, and they want to cut those. Um, uh, and uh, that will benefit the, the top 1% that they serve. Even the Globe and Mail today, the Globe and Mail said that, uh, and that's not a, a New Democrat uh, newspaper particularly, uh, said that the BC NDP plan for uh, a COVID benefit for families of $1,000 or $500 for an individual was far better targeted than the uh, BC Liberal uh, tax cut plan. They, they panned it. So when the Globe and Mail is, uh, is uh, making those kind of comments, I think 
you can I think you can conclude that our plan is pretty mainstream. Um, and then uh, finally, just uh, on affordability, we're going to do uh, we did away with uh, the uh, MSP premiums uh, that saved the average person fifteen hundred dollars. We're going to uh, freeze rents until the end of end of twenty twenty one and help families with uh, childcare. Uh, uh, we weren't able to get the $10 a day childcare through the legislature because the BC Greens opposed it. So, um, but uh, that, uh, that, that plan, we've uh, created 25,000 spaces, uh, either in uh, actually created or in process. And we have a plan to uh, create many more. So affordability for working people is, uh, is what we're all about. And, uh, and I think, I hope you'll look closely at uh, John Horgan's uh, plan for uh, the future of the province. So thank you very much for the opportunity to exchange views. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us tonight for our first ever election forum. And I was very much impressed with this very positive presentation of your uh, platforms on uh, pressing community uh, key issues uh, that interest our community. Uh, we encourage everyone to continue to stay informed and vote on October 24th. And if you have any more questions or would like to learn more about UCC, you can find us on our website at ucc.ca. Thank you, everyone, uh, to the vote stations on October 24th and make our help our province to make right choice. Thank you. Great. Thanks very much, Natalie. Good night. Thanks, Natalie. See, Thanks, Alex. Everyone. See you, Jonah. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thanks, you, Jonah. Thanks, Thank Bruce. And vote everybody. Vyslúchajte radioprogramu Náš holos rádio Nášho Koríňa na radiostancii CHLY 101 FM na Naimo. You're listening to Náš holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Naimo. I'm Pavlina and with me is Oksana. And we're coming up to the top of the hour and the end of part one of the show. Please stay tuned for part two after a short break for the local news with Lisa Cardasco and some important messages. Then we'll be back with part two of Nash Holos for another half hour. So stay with us. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.